This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is to provide our listeners the real facts and the real stats about our local market. We want to provide you with information that will help you make informed decisions. And you can tune in on the radio in your car as you're driving around, or you can stream it by visiting our website at kynofresno.com or download the mobile app. Just ask Alexa to play Kino Fresno. Well, today is the first day of our, uh, it's, it's our 16th season. And that's not too bad for a, a radio program. But I always like to say that this is our third decade uh, of, uh, of broadcasting this show. Now, somebody might say, well, 16 years doesn't add up to three decades. Well, and that's part of what we're going to talk about today, how you got to listen to stats, listen to what makes sense. It is our third decade because we started in 09. So that was one decade. Then you had the 10s and now the 20s. So that's three decades. Uh, pretty good math there is that <laughs> not to our guest, Dave Kidder of Valleywide Home Sales. Morning. Glad to be on again. Yes. Glad to have you back here. And we also have Doug Hefner, who is uh, a lender with IMS Lending. Yep. Thanks, Don. Thanks for having me. Sure. All right. We're, we're going to go through a lot of stats now that 23 has ended. We're going to recap 23, forecast 24. But um, it's, and it's not going to just be numbers because a lot of things happened in 23 that were not about the numbers. They were events. Yeah. Yep. And we're going to go over that. Um, all right. Let's get into um, uh, some stats. Now, to, to preface this for our listeners, I asked uh, Doug to bring in some stats from the lending side, and he'll do that. I asked Dave to bring in some stats from our local multiple listing service, um, and I did too. But I purposely left out the instructions of what parameters to use. Do you use Fresno Clovis, Fresno County, the whole MLS, which could include Kings County. It could include a $10 million villa out in Monterey. So um, I'm going to ask Dave for some of those, those stats. Okay. Um, let, let's get started. Tell us. Tell us what happened in 2023. Oh, my. Um, well, we started. We, we started. By the way, oh, my is a good way to start. <laughs> oh, my. So just so you know, 72.3% of all stats are made up right on the spot. So just just so, just so you have a, a background where I'm coming from. So when I pull my numbers, and I've consistently done this, I, I excluded things like condos and mobile homes for one very sp specific reason is it represents a, a, a small percentage of the homes that we do that that we do see s uh, sold during the year they also represent a much a lower price per square foot 
than, say, a single-family residence often will. So I, I find that it skews the numbers down. 90% of all buyers out there are looking for a single-family residence as opposed to a condo or a mobile home. And, of course, with a condo or a mobile home, land is not included in the price. So in, in that, I, I, I included PUDs, which include land. So yet they sometimes look like condos. What's a PUD? A, uh, a public utility district. <laughs> and it's, thank you. <laughs> it's a planned unit <laughs> development. Planned unit <laughs> development, thank you. But but I, the public can see it, too. So <laughs> thanks. The... Basically, they will have common ground that everybody shares. So I have I have a listing coming up, and there's a, a pool that is owned by the entire PUD. So everybody gets to use it. Everybody pays maintenance on that. Uh, uh, you know, and it, similar to some condos, but in this case, you actually own the land that the that the home is sitting on. Okay, so you're probably not attached to another. And unit it's not attached to another as home. in a condo. Yep, yep exactly. Right. All right, excellent. Um, so I want to get some of your stats, and then I'm going to tell you the ones I did. But to make it easy on the listeners, I did Fresno, the city of Fresno and Clovis, and I I included condos. So I did okay. uh, no mobile homes uh, for that same reason that you, you said, uh, but I did include condos. Um, and my rationale there is I have stats that go all the way back to 2007. Oh, and okay. I have done it the same way every year for consistency. So, um, and maybe for our listeners, that that's something too. As you're listening to stats and you hear somebody saying that uh, sales plummeted 30 percent, um, get the idea to listen to the whole story and listen to those adjectives that actually sometimes lead you you know if somebody's saying plummeted um, that's a that's a big word they're probably trying to get you to lean a certain way as far as your thinking on those home sales mm -hmm. maybe that the market's crashing or or uh, home values or you know homes not what it it's all uh, made out to be I still remember the Time magazine article in 2010 the cover story said, the dream of American home ownership is dead. Well, I'd like to, let's see. Oh, I'm going to go back to 2010. <laughs> um, median price, Fresno Clovis was 160000 400000 now. That doesn't sound dead to me. No. Right. Uh, not to mention, that's, that was a place to live for the last 14 years. Yep. All right, Dave, hit us with some of your stats. Well, I think I think the possibly the biggest one was the concern that we had at the end of 2022. Interest rates are coming up. Uh, we're still low on inventory, but the feeling was that the market was maybe going to tank because the interest rates were up and buying interest would be down. Well, uh, what I find was, yes, we were down on the number of homes sold, so in 2023, uh, I have 5875 homes that sold. The interesting thing is the the average sales price on those homes was $450,000. The average. Average. Uh, the average square foot. And, and there's other things that go into that. So uh, that was 
the average size was 1,843 square feet. This year, 70, 75, or 75, 7,550 homes sold. Average square footage was almost exactly the same at 1851. This was again a year ago, and the average sales price was 452. So we were down a whopping $2,000 from a year ago. This isn't a market that was going to tank. So, with different numbers than what I may have pulled up, we have the same story, and that is that. Um, home values have remained pretty stable. However, the number of transactions have gone down. Yep. And that could be because interest rates affected buyer demand, uh, uh, not enough inventory as we've been hearing. So let me now turn to Doug Hefner. Um, give us some of your stats from the lending side. Sure. Well, 2023 was probably the biggest increase in interest rates in the last 25 years, because if you remember coming out of COVID, uh, the rate, the going rate on a 30-year mortgage was roughly, I'm going to say the high two, two, two and three quarter percent to three percent. And we had a big jump to where almost 90 days ago, we went up to eight percent on a 30-year mortgage. We were hovering right at 8%, maybe a little bit under 799, something like that. So let's just call it 8%. So we had the biggest increase. And that affected, I think, for the last year, um, people's interest in purchasing because uh, they got accustomed to the low interest rates that the Federal Reserve was pumping. And we were pumping out to where it almost seemed like it's impossible or, or affordability-wise uh, on purchasing a house due to that high percentage interest rate, people lost interest and it kind of took the steam out of, especially the first time home buyer market, maybe the second home ownership, uh, and then the lack of inventory because people thought they couldn't sell it because of the high interest rates. So, so we've seen that. Boy, how do we go from such low rates to high, such high rates in such a short time? To me, it seems like it was intentional, or I used to call it that the interest rates were artificially low, mm -hmm. and now they were artificially high. What, right. What's right. your take on that? Right, I, and, and you're right on both parts. I, I think during COVID, they lowered the interest rates, um, flooded the market with cheap money, because as you remember, we were all home, you know, either working out of our homes or sitting at home. And so they wanted to keep the economy going, and so they flooded it with cheap money, as we say in the business. And then because of that, that led to a huge, the highest increase in inflation that we've seen since probably the early 80s. And so, um, you know, they had to raise the rate. They're, the Fed only has one one way of lowering inflation, and that is jacking up interest rates to slow the economy down. So basically, the Fed always overreacts. And they cut them too low and they raise them too high. And that's kind of what happened in, in probably 1920 or 19, 2021. And then in 23, they raised the rates back up to slow the economy down, which it has. And we've all felt it just due to what's going on. And they just artificially inflated it and tried to slow everything down, especially the housing market uh, slowed it down considerably. Well, and to give some numbers that... Uh, add to your story 
in Fresno County, um, the dollar volume of homes sold uh, dropped in 2022. It was at $3.5 billion. It dropped this year to $2.73 billion. Now, that did not affect the individual homeowner because the median home prices stayed virtually the same. <clears throat> but you know who that's going to affect is Fresno County. Right. And the schools and, and all the, the people that rely on that tax base. Correct. Yep. Correct. And it, it, it makes people or forces people, if you've got a low interest rate, you've got that two and three quarters, you're not, you're not going to go out or put your home on the market because if I have to go out and buy a new house, house that uh, basically I want just due to, you know, looking to upgrade or whatever, my rate at that time or, you know, in the last, you know, over the summer was, you know, seven and a half percent. So I'm going from two and three quarters to seven and a half percent and paying more for the house that I probably bought mine for. It's just a no, no win situation. So they just sit in their house. All right. We're going to need to go to a commercial break, but 30 seconds or less for each of you. What's your for, forecast for 2024? Dave? I think we're going to continue to see low inventory. Interest rates have come down. So there's now a, for the limited number of homes on the market, we're going to have more qualified buyers. So okay. price could go up. Yeah. All I right. think I think you see lower interest rates. I think you're looking probably uh, end of second quarter. Rates will drop. I think we're going to be in the low sixes, uh, and we may even touch uh, under under six percent. And I think that will cause people to uh, increase and put their house up for sale. And I think you're going to see an increase in prices due to the fact that I think we're going to see another frenzy for 2024. I think it's going to be a good year. Okay, and with that, we're going to go to our first commercial break. But stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 KYNO. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we're here in the studio talking with Doug Hefner of IMS Lending, and uh, he's given us the lender side of things, and giving us the realtor side of things is Dave Kidder from Valley Wide Homes. Morning. All right. Well, in the first segment, we talked statistics and in, in, in sales, prices, in interest rates that's where i want to get to right now because in the last two three months things have happened as far as interest rates um, but to preface all that we have a 57 second advertisement that's playing on the radio right now we let, let's hear that and then we're going to respond to it was 2023 a good year for real estate Hi, this is Don Scordino with the Fresno Association of Realtors with your market update. Despite the ups and downs of our economy and the interest rates, home values in the Central Valley remain stable. The median sold price in Fresno County is still at $400,000, same as where it was a year ago. Adding to the picture is that mortgage rates have dropped significantly in the last quarter of 2023. In many cases, over 1.5% for a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. That drop in interest rates can lower your payment over $350 per month or give a potential homebuyer an extra $50,000 in purchasing power. It may just be time to call your local realtor and set up a game plan for your real estate future. 
For the 4,000 plus members of the Fresno Association of Realtors, this is Don Scordino. All right. Well, you guys all heard that. Let's respond to it now. Let's make sense of, uh, of that. I'll start off with Doug. Uh, a 1.5% drop in interest rates in a short period of time, actually two months, not just a quarter. So um, how, how significant is that, and what does that mean to a potential buyer? We'll use that scenario that you that's on that commercial of the median price being about four hundred thousand with a ten percent down uh, on that mortgage. Uh, you're looking from eight percent, which was kind of the high about ninety days ago. Uh, that payment was roughly uh, with principal and interest taxes and insurance was about thirty two hundred and thirty eight dollars. That drop from eight to six and a half lowers that payment to $2,872, or roughly $366 a month. That's a significant drop in a mortgage pay- mortgage payment. That's that's really great. The, the other thing is, what makes that really good is the qualifying, the income you need to qualify for that mortgage went from, at the 8%, you needed to make roughly $9,000 a month combined gross income. At six and a half, it lowers it to eight thousand dollars. So it allows more people to qualify for that that four hundred thousand dollars sale price home. Thank you for bringing that part up. I that one passed me by as far as um, the affordability. Part. Right, right. Sure, it's three hundred sixty-six dollars less uh, in this scenario, um, but that also means more people can qualify for that same home now. Right, and then the on the other flip side is okay let's just say you're okay and you qualify for the higher payment that higher payment or that thirty two hundred and thirty eight dollars on a six and a half percent loan allows you to buy a four hundred and fifty thousand dollar house which means just by that lowering of the interest rate you can increase your purchasing power of fifty thousand dollars and that's that's significant and that's where i want to turn to dave right now um what do, if it was $5,000, I'm going to say that's not very significant, yeah. but $50,000 more, what, how much more house well, does think, that buy? I think the, the segment of the industry it impacts the most are the first-time home buyers. So last year, FHA uh, was maybe uh, a quarter of our business, and that FHA buyer paid $366,000. Well, now all of a sudden they're they're now looking closer at the four hundred thousand dollar home, which is going to maybe be a bigger home because that home they bought was twelve hundred sixty five square feet. So maybe it's a bigger home they can buy, or maybe it's in the area that they they prefer, but they got priced out of the area that they wanted to move into and had to maybe settle for something else. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, an area that wasn't as good for them work-wise, you know, family-wise, school-wise, whatever. So now they're buying a, a better, a bigger, better house, and if prices stay the same, they're buying, a, they're buying more house this next year. All right, and I do remember, this is back in the olden days, all right, when I was first getting started, interest rates were up in the double digits. It was almost unrealistic to think you could buy that dream home right off the start. You had to start with the the starter home mm-hmm. and, and maybe buy a home that 
didn't really fit real well, but at least it got you into the the home buying process uh, or home ownership process. Then you would sell that a few years later, take the equity and move it on up. And before long, you're buying that mansion somewhere with all the down with a huge down payment because you you saved your equity from the first two or three houses. That's how it worked then. Yeah, right. So um, fifty thousand dollars is uh, well that that takes you from the middle four hundred thousand dollar price, which is the middle of all the sales. Yeah. Uh, not the average; it's right. the middle, but it moves you up fit, uh, more than ten percent. Yeah. Right. So, right. All right. Um, so that is a significant thing. Uh, at the beginning of '23, interest rates were going up, up, up. I guess it started at towards the end of '22, yeah. didn't it? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, they started going up at the end of last year, but they continued over, you know, over the summer with the biggest increase probably July and August, and then started to come down in November around Thanksgiving or, or whatever. They hit their lowest port, uh, part uh, in between uh, or just before Christmas. So uh, over the last couple of weeks, they've creeped up a little bit, like maybe a quarter, quarter, quarter percent. But that's just due to the year-end uh, economic reports that have come out. And so you're going to get some banging around. And the Federal Reserve is talking about, you know, how many uh, how many uh, interest rate decreases they're going to have in 24. So there's a lot of speculation out there. So the markets are reacting to that. So you'll get some movement on a daily basis and a weekly basis of the rates kind of up and down a little bit until the market really figures out what's going on and what the Fed's going to do. Yeah, and going up an eighth or a quarter is fairly insignificant when you talk about a one and a half percent drop. Right. So. Or or even a, you know, from 2020 to 2023, like I said, you know, two and a half, two and three quarters to eight is significant. You know, five uh, percent increase. You know, that's that's huge. So. All right. Well, interest rates aren't the only big story of 2023. We also had some events that have nothing to do with numbers, but they were just events that happened in the housing market. Um, Dave, tell us about this so-called cyber attack on the multiple listing service. Well, first of all, it was on many different multiple listing services across the country. So it wasn't just Fresno that uh, was impacted. It Basically, for about two and a half weeks, we had no access to our to our stats. We couldn't get in and really see what was available, see what was active, see what uh, who the listing agent was. The only only true uh, uh, RMLS uh, performed magnificently. They would send out daily updates. So if I submitted listings and I had listings I submitted during that time. They would broadcast it out to all the realtors, but I couldn't go into my system and look at those homes. Uh, some of us old dogs who have been around since everything was in paper, I think we did. Uh, I think we did fairly well because it, it felt like 1984 all over again, mm -hmm. where you know I had this big fat book that I drove around, and if I really wanted to see what was going on in the market and look for homes in the areas that my buyers were looking, I'd go drive those neighborhoods and look for signs. And then I'd call that agent. So it, it it caused us to 
change how we did business for a couple, three weeks. So maybe a good analogy is that carpenter who the skill saw broke, but he still had a handsaw so he could still go to work. Yeah. Right. He could still build a home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Other events too, and it wasn't just the MLS that was attacked. There was also uh, title and escrow companies nationwide that were as well attacked with the malware, which, you know, uh, caused disruption in the thing where you couldn't co close any loans, couldn't close any purchases because the whole systems were down with the uh, escrow companies. So, yeah. So our national security is going to have to really step that up uh, as far as protecting us against cyber attacks. Correct. All right. Then there was, it's funny how here we lost in some respects, we lost that great tool that we have called the MLS. Then the MLS got attacked at, at the uh, judicial system. Tell us about that one. So it's it's still ongoing. So I hesitate to really, you know, uh, say something that next week may change. In effect, uh, we can correct you next week. Okay, on that's the show. good. So in a, in a, in effect, there's a, a class action lawsuit out of Missouri by sellers who felt that they had overpaid in the commissions that that they offered, and a lot of it was. Uh, Honestly, I feel it was uh, overblown and way over-exaggerated. We as Realtors do not get together every week and discuss, okay, what are you going to charge for commission this week? We don't do it. In in my 20 years of being licensed, that conversation has never happened. And yet in Missouri, they were able to convince a, a jury of 12 that that's all we do. Mm -hmm. And as a result, there was a fairly hefty fine that came out to – uh, some national companies, but also against the National Association of Realtors. And even though they are appealing it, they still had to put up the money, kind of a bond saying, okay, we're going to appeal this, but we we're going to put up this money. And it it was close to $2 billion in one state. And now you have, oh, well, if we can do that there, we can do it everywhere. Again, I think when you really break down what we do as realtors and, and, and in the industry, we are far more affordable and far more uh, effective than if I had to turn around and pay, say, an attorney to do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. So I, I, we're very cost-effective, and yet it was shown that we didn't give the sellers or the buyers enough say in what that commission was. And I, I think the premise of that lawsuit that once again was just in Missouri. Yeah. Right. And by the way, the, the jury deliberated for a total of two and a half hours yeah. to make a decision on a cooperative system that's been in place for over a hundred years. Yeah. Uh, and, and so something doesn't seem right there. But let me use this example now let's say there is no multiple listing service i get a listing and i now i've got to market it so i can call all my buyers but i'm only one guy um so, but i let it be known in my office and then it's like yeah you know i like dave i'll 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 let dave and his office know about it um and so and so in another office but you know what? I had a bad experience with uh, this this particular broker, so I'm not going to let them know. 
that seems less com and th that would be the alternative if there was no multiple listing yes. service Th that's kind of how it would work and that seems less competitive than having a multiple listing service so i i won't go too far off on this but right now if, if i have a listing that goes active today in the mls and say it's at three hundred fifty thousand dollars or less right now when that listing goes out there there's probably going to be over six or seven hundred buyers who have a search set up for them that will see my listing pretty much immediately if the mls goes away maybe one agent two agents will know about it and i feel like it will be it's not a service to our clients who are trying to get the most for their home it's not a service to our buyers who want to see as many homes as they possibly can at the right price it's going to eliminate all that and homes will sit on the market they'll sell mm -hmm. for less and buyers will not have as many options to buy. All right. Interesting thought. And with that, we're going to our next commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Looking back, I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm proud of the house we built. It's stronger than sticks, stones, and Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. Here in the studio, we have Doug Hefner of IMS Lending and Dave Kidder of Valley Wide Homes, a realtor. Good, good morning. And, and yep. we are talking real estate. Um, so in the first segment, we talked about the stats and a forecast or what happened in 23 statistically. In um, segment two, we talked about events that happened in 23. Um, <clears throat> now I want to get to the team building part of it. What makes a, uh, the home buying process or the home selling process work and make it smooth? Um, so I'm going to start off by asking the lender, Doug Hefner, what is the realtor's role from your part? How do you see the realtor's role in, in the whole process? Well, the realtor is very important. Uh, I think it's really important that they that you hire a professional realtor, someone that's very professional. Um, I think it's important that they know their business inside and out, that they're uh, hard workers and know how to put together a real estate transaction. As we've seen over the last year or whatever, as rates have gone up and prices have have gone up, uh, you got to know how to put a deal, deal together. It's just not about price. It's just not about rates. It's just not about it's working together with realtors, working with realtors, workers, uh, uh, realtors working with lenders, worker or uh, realtors, excuse me, working with um, escrow companies. A real estate transaction is very different because you have a lot of people, uh, a lot of people putting together this thing from the start to get it to the completion at the end. And that can take anywhere from a couple of weeks to a couple of months, depending what's going on. So there's a lot of moving parts, and you have to work together as with teamwork and have a really trusting, um, professional rapport with each other to know that everybody's going to do their portion of this transaction to help get it to completion for our customers, our buyers, our sellers, everybody involved. And it's important to have the whole team. You mentioned escrow, title, uh, the lender, the appraiser, the, uh, mm -hmm. the realtor. 
all working together. It's like a football team. It, if everybody's ready to go, but the left tackle's not paying attention, the whole play's going to go down. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Um, all right. Uh, Dave, how important is having a, the lender communicate? and it, how, how important is that to you as a realtor? So when... When I, before I even start showing homes, I need to make sure that they are qualified for the homes that I'm showing them. You know, I may meet somebody who calls on my sign the first time, but the second house I show them, they're going to have talked to a lender by that point, And I know that they can close, not just write an offer. I want to know that they can close this transaction. So when I present my offer, I also present it with a, either a, a pre- uh, pre-approval or a fully underwritten loan and I insist that they call my lender and ask them any questions that you know let's say Doug can talk about but a lot of it is yes we've you know we we've done our due diligence yes we can close if they worked with the client before yes I've worked with them before and we've closed on time and oh, by the way, here's my home address, and you can come knock on my door at eight o'clock at night and ask me what's going on, because I have—I'll uh, be honest with you—and it was painful. I just had a deal canceled this week, and the lender was out of Ohio. I can't go to his door, and he went dark on us for the last three weeks. Wouldn't wouldn't respond. We had no idea what happened. Mm -hmm. well, so he doesn't need to, because he's not going to run into you at the gas station. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I, I don't think he understands how far I'll drive to, to introduce <laughs> yeah, myself. Yeah, no exactly. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you know, Doug is local, and I am proud to put my local lenders in front of other agents and make sure they know. Plus, I'd be thrilled if that agent would turn around and, and use these, these lenders that I use, because I know that I mean, it feeds his business, but it also shows that I know how to select lenders mm -hmm. and the trust in when I do write an offer, they trust me because they know that I have vetted my vendors, not only my lenders, but everybody else who's on my team. Yeah. And conversely, too, with Dave's point is working with Dave and everything, I know that when I get a transaction, Dave's vetted the house. If there's an issue on the house for the appraisal, I'm aware of it. I don't find out about it when the appraisal comes in and then we have a problem that there's repairs that need to be done or, or other things. There's termite problems. There's structural problems. It's already handled. We've discussed it. We, we kind of know what's going on. So ahead of time, if it's a, you know, we talked earlier too about condos and PUDs, the difference between the two. If it's a condo, as a lender, I'm going to need a condo pack, which has all the information from the homeowners association. Dave's already got that ordered it when he's taken the listing. So I have it so I can see if there's going to be an issue with the financing with a condo because not all condos are financeable under Fannie and Freddie guidelines or even FHA guidelines. So those are the things when you're working with someone, you know who you're working with, again, professional, they've done their homework, we know everything so that we can make this transaction as smooth as possible for our clients. Okay, excellent point. And another point I want to bring out is the communication between the lender and the realtor is important because the realtor, ha let's say the listing agent, they have a seller who has to prepare to move. And if there's delays or, or problems on the lending side, it's important 
imperative that they know about it so they can inform the client yeah. so that they have a yeah. smooth transaction. I also have to admit that I, when I mentioned escrow, title, lenders, and all that, I forgot about maybe one of the most important parts to this whole thing nowadays is the insurance agent. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I say that, Bobby Thistle, our, our uh, board operator in there, he's an insurance agent. Sorry, Bobby, forgot about you guys. But this is how important <laughs> yeah. insurance is today yeah. to an escrow transaction. Um, there's a new form that is now part of our purchase contract talking about insurance availability. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it advises people, get started day one, right. finding insurance. Uh, five years ago, yeah, an hour before closing, you call the insurance agent, hey, can you get me a policy in 30 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> it, and it could happen. Right. That is no. not the case anymore. Right. That's have you guys run across insurance issues? We've we've run into it to where, like you said, you want to do it up front from once the offer is accepted to start the insurance policy because I, I don't know how much the public knows, so we're just out there. A lot of the major carriers have pulled out of the state of California, and they've done that because they've been losing money over the course of the last few years due to the fires, due to all sorts of things, regulation within the state. So insurance, getting insurance is really, really tough. Uh, and it depends on what type of property it is. It depends if it's a, an investment property or rental, it's, if it's a single family house. Uh, if you are an existing uh, client, it's easier to run it through their company, they'll maybe <coughs> reinsure. But if you're having to go to a new, new, uh, new carrier yep. it can be difficult and if there's been any claims on that particular property in the last two years it can cause it to be denied so you got to really research it and as you said Don it was really easy we didn't really worry about it because it was easy to get but now it's a lot harder and it can be problematic I think another one we have to include in that team is the solar company yep oh boy uh, so <laughs> So many misunderstandings, and, and unfortunately, I think sometimes um, the solar salesman wants to sell and will maybe say things that they were told to say <laughs> yeah. without actually talking to the real estate industry is that except for one condition, solar doesn't really add value to your home right? Uh, if it's financed or PPA. It doesn't really add value to your home, and yet I think sometimes they're said if you put solar on it, it raises your value. Right. My biggest concern that I have experienced out there is that most people don't really understand what they have. Correct. Uh, no. How many times have I asked a, a seller, now is that solar owned or leased? Oh, yeah, we it's own it. Yeah. yeah. And then come to find out after looking through the 83-page DocuSign documents that oh no this is not owned right. it's a PPA right. yeah. power purchase agreement yeah. you own the power you don't own the equipment correct so I have done extensive research and I have tried to surround myself with people who involved in solar understand exactly what it is that that solar will do for the house and it's those people that I want buyers and sellers to talk to because they will get the straight scoop and all right. 
We're going to go to our next commercial break, but when we get back, we're going to come, we're going to talk about some real facts for 2024. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 KYNO. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we have Mr. Dave Kidder from Valleywide Home Sales here in the studio today. We also have Doug Hefner of IMS Lending. Been interesting today, a realtor and a lender together here, and uh, you guys actually get along. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk about 2024. 2023 is in the past. The only thing we can do with the, the past is run from it or learn from it. So what did we learn to where 2024 is going to be fantastic? I think uh, 2024 is going to be a good year. I think we're starting to see it. I, I'll yield to Dave, you know, to chime in. But the year has already started off with the phone ringing more. People are more interested in what's going on. They're interested uh, in purchasing, they're looking, wanting to get pre-qualified more so than they were a year ago at this time. So I think with that little interest rate being lowered, uh, people are a little more optimistic for this year. We're, you know, politically, we're going into an election year, which people may have more optimism or are looking forward to the future. Uh, there's uh, anticipation of more rate drops and stuff, which gets them more excited, more inter more interested in getting out there and seeing what they can get. And then also there's a sense of urgency with those rate drops to get in while you can before maybe uh, home prices go up again, yeah. uh, get the lower rate, get locked in. So I, I'm real optimistic and think that, you know, as if we can get that message out to the public, like we're doing today, uh, that people will become way more interested and you'll start to see movement and activity. You just made me think of something. Maybe 2024 will be good because we have a good foundation. And that foundation is that home prices have been stable for the last two years. Right. So maybe that's a foundation. Right. So, and I haven't heard those naysayers out there saying, oh, the market's going to crash. Right. Um, Which a year ago they were. They were anticipating. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to do anything because I'm going to wait for the house prices to come down and then I'm going to buy. Well, that never happened and probably won't happen because it's a total different economic uh, situation than it was in 2008, 9, and 10. So, so I think there's a little more optimism and they've seen it. So they want to get in because there is a demand out there for, for, to get into a house. Yeah, yeah. Dave, what do you see as the predominant forces for well, 2024. Uh, I, I don't know if this is the leading force, but I, I had a great conversation with one of the bigger builders uh, in our area, and they had the largest number of closings in December that they've ever had. And it's, it's rolled into January as well. So our, I feel one of our biggest issues is that we do not have enough housing. And if the builders are actually building more then that's going to help with our inventory right now we have about a month and a half of inventory and I, I i don't if somebody doesn't really understand that it just means that if we as an industry stop taking listings right now in a month and a half we'll be out of homes to sell and 
we have to see increased inventory. Interest rates dropping will cause some people to finally decide, okay, I can sell my house. They have a 2.5% mortgage. They've held off selling their home because they don't want to get an 8% mortgage. But if it's for their home, their final home, or their dream home, or their move-up home, they'll pay 6% for that and give up on their 25 if they're getting their dream home. So I think we will see more inventory because of the lower interest rate, which will help keep the price stay stable and give buyers more homes to buy. Okay, now I have a real doozy of a question for the two of you. How do you respond to somebody that says, well, I hear the Federal Reserve says they're gonna have two or three more rate drops. Um, mm -hmm. I think I'll wait. Mm -hmm. What's, how do you respond to something like that? How I would respond to them is, uh, okay, if you wait for that rate drop, that final rate drop to the lowest that it possibly can, chances are the home prices are going to go up, are going to offset whatever gain you might ha have at that point. So what I like to say is there's no time like the present to get into a house because you're immediately starting to build equity in that house regardless of what that interest rate is. In other words, if you wait for that rate to drop and your house goes up, as we saw here, you know, $50,000 or something, you, you haven't gained anything. Your payment's gone up. You're, even though the interest <coughs> rate's gone down, you, you're, you're paying, some, paying for something more than, than what it was if you would have bought today. Yeah, and nobody's gonna ring a bell at the bottom of the market or the no. top of the market, not even the Federal Reserve. That's correct. No. And you can always refinance down the road if the rate does get lower. Yeah. So I asked the question, if this is a house that really fits all your needs, and and how long are you going to live in this house? And if they say, well, I'm going to live in this house, you know, this is my final home, then really at the end of the day, what you paid for the house, you will forget that. We overpaid for a house that we bought in 1995, and we have about $400,000 equity in it today. If we had waited for the interest rate to come down, we wouldn't have bought that house, and we wouldn't – that house has been our castle, and it's yep. been our sanctuary. Yep. So the price we paid doesn't really matter. Okay, so with all these market forces out there and all that, we cannot forget what the kids have taught us about what a home really means. We've been doing this segment for the last month and a half now, ever since we had the Homewards Essay Contest, where we asked school-aged children, tell us, what does your home mean to you? So each week I've been pulling out a few excerpts. Here's one from a fifth grader. He said, for me, everything starts at home. Now, he had a lot, he had another 143 words in there, <laughs> but home is where you start, kind of like in baseball. Yep. <laughs> had to throw that part in. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's one from an, uh, an eighth grader. My home is a place where I unwind, feel cozy, and feel safe from stress. Yep. Now, how do you quantify that? It, you, you can't put a statistic no. or a number on that. Right. No, no, no. Nope. Here, here's another one from an eighth grader, different eighth, eighth grader, though. Home is a place where you are safe and you belong. Wow. Ooh, that feeling of belonging. Community. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I wonder if that would that say, well, I belong in a 6% interest rate as opposed <laughs> no, to an 8% no. interest rate. No. 
a 12th grader four words it is a sanctuary wow so a home means something to these kids yeah. we we need to remember that when we go through the the idea of formulating our our home for our our children here's one from an 11th grader even if the physical structure changes home is where my loved ones are thank you very much that yeah. that's perfect because yeah. um, not one kid mentioned whether they owned it rented it or shared that home right. it's where their loved ones are right. that that's grounding us a fourth grader bingo i love my home well the fourth <laughs> grader didn't say bingo i did. <laughs> Uh, and then from a fifth grader, home is a place where I feel safe and comfortable. What from, do you think about these kids? Are they our future leaders? Yeah, sure. From the mouths of babes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming in here today and helping out and enlightening our listening audience. And <clears throat> most of all, want to thank our our listeners for tuning in because you you listen you the listeners have caused us to be back for our 16th year or third decade how, however you want to phrase it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. all right well thank you very much and we'll be back again next saturday take care be listening yep goodbye